you seek the key. But first, you must learn the ways of precision, craft, and performance with Acura's all-electric ZDX. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system up to a 313-mile range and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is their most powerful SUV yet. Unlock the energy when you visit Acura.com to order yours today. Right now in Fast, General Apple's last stand, the longtime market leader unable to rally with the rest of the market today and touching its lowest level since July. The stock has shed $276 billion in market cap in just one week. That is worth more than Meta right now. So will one bad apple spoil the rest of the market? Plus relief on rates. The Fed may be staying the course with its monetary policy, but the chartmaster says Treasury yields aren't going much higher from here. He lays out the case. Plus, China tech takes flight. Hopes for easing COVID restrictions, giving the group a boost today and prompting one of our traders to make some moves of his own. What he is doing right now, I'm Melissa Lee. This is Fast Money. We're live at the Nasdaq market site in the heart of Times Square. On the desk tonight, Guy Adami, Jeff Mills, Tim Seymour, and Dan Nathan. All right. We start off with the last uh, market general laying down its sword. Apple shares ending in the red again today despite a late-day broad market rally. The stock clocked five straight days of losses in its worst week since March 2020. Shares plummeting 11% since Monday. So is Apple's underperformance a sign that we've lost the last leg holding up the market? Uh, Guy Dami, we'll start off with you tonight. I tell you what, I love November 3rds for some reason. Every year, those November, they just get better and better, Melms. You know what I'm saying? What are you talking about? <laughs> November, November 3rd. It's November 3rd. I, I think he knows that. So where are we No, going? wait, stop it. <laughs> stop it. Well, listen, on behalf of the entire Fast Money team and the huge audience, right off the top a very of the show. happy birthday uh, at the top uh, of the show. Thank you. Happy birthday. Thank you. Happy birthday, Mel. Thank you all. Yeah. Well, I mean, everybody everybody loves you, Mel. You know that. Listen, what do I think? Carter Worth's been talking about this for a while. Tim has talked about it. I know Jeff and Dan have as well. I mean, Apple is not, they're not, in, they're not basically impervious to what's going on in the global economy. And I think we're starting to see it now. And they are the last one that's probably going to fall. Traded over 100 million shares today. That's the good news. But I still think there's further downside here, and it will catch up to valuation with the rest of the market and it probably settles in somewhere between 120 and 125. I actually think though this is a really healthy sign. I mean maybe it says something that the market was able to still mount this turnaround despite Apple not following along Tim and we're having this conversation about the interesting moves in just today's Today's action. T today felt like, I mean, the S&P closed up 140 basis points, so not a big stretch to say it was a risk-on aggression day. But, but the, the, the move in, uh, I would say, risk-on and certainly asset allocation where you're making a call that maybe we've seen some of the worst in some of the headwinds from inflation, at least, are things. But the move in the dollar was the most notable thing. And, and, and we'll explain in a second why it gets back to Apple. But, you know, the dollars move almost 2% lower at some point. The dollar has been such a headwind. I think not only is it a tailwind for a lot of the multinationals, I think it's a tailwind for taking risk. It's not going to all happen overnight, but the read-through from that payroll number was, and it was a volatile day, folks. We, we traded off almost 2% intraday at 1030 uh, to the lows before we rallied back to where we were, but it was all over the place. The sense was that not only did you get a higher unemployment rate, which is where we need to go, even though we would argue that that's probably the least significant, you had a higher participation rate. It's part of the reason why you got that higher unemployment. But you had wage gains that year over year looked pretty ugly, but on a relative basis to where we have peaked, they were lower. 
Sure. And there's some sense that this is less inflationary. But uh, I get back to Apple, and I, and I do think we've talked about this, that the structure of the market is something also that I think we're seeing a changing of the guard. It won't happen overnight. But when you look at uh, passive ETFs and we look at what percentage of the, of the fund flows that they are and where I think they will be in a world where not only is fixed income a major option and where I think there will be more allocation, but I just think that there has been a change to how you're managing assets in this environment. Apple is the greatest beneficiary of that. But as we said, uh, down about 8.5% on, on the week on a five-day. And if you look at the move off of the intraday high on their earnings, it's almost 13%. And, and we've been talking about this leadership, and it's, it is about time. Yeah, you know, that rally last Friday after its earnings report was a bit of a head-scratcher, especially when you think about Microsoft and Google and Amazon and Meta, how they responded to, like, disappointing earnings and guidance. And we were saying at the time, I mean, again, not a horrible quarter in the context of what's going on in the global economy, some of the issues they have as far as manufacturing with China and, you know, all of that sort of thing with a consumer that might be a little tapped out, but it's given it all back to your point. When you think about the S&P, you know, on the week is down a little less than three and a half percent. Well, the Nasdaq's down nearly six percent on the week. So, you know, however you feel about going into the close today, it wasn't a great week. And I think the violence of that reversal on Wednesday, given what people thought they had heard initially out of the Fed statement and today's price action on the on the back of that, uh, you know, that jobs report in October, to me, it, it wasn't a really great rally. I think the fact that we're picking on Apple a little bit, I think you guys have been saying this, 120 seemed yeah. reasonable. The stock's trading about 21 and a half times this current fiscal year. Expected earnings and sales growth about 4%. Guys made the point that, you know, margins are kind of flat to likely declining this year. Still a little expensive. So if you get to your 120, or guy just said 120, 125, mm-hmm. it's probably just fine there. Yeah. Um, you know, Jeff, when I was reading through the, uh, the employment report this morning, I was sort of thinking of oh, this is sort of like beauties in the eye of the beholder or, you know, I don't know, gold the, dress. The Horshack thing. Blue dress. The Horshack. Yeah, exactly. Arnold like, Horshack. Whatever, however you interpret it. I mean, I saw this and I thought, oh, you know what? Maybe we get to 4% and over 4% sooner than we think. And therefore, the Fed is able to, I don't want to say pivot, but step down, slow down, you know, reach that plateau point faster. And maybe that's maybe that's. Good news, Jeff. I don't know. How did you view it? Yeah, you know, it, it's trying to parse through every little piece of data, everything the Fed says. And, and I said this last week, but I think it's important for us not to overthink this. You know, we keep seeing these pivot-induced rallies because people are looking for this one particular data point that might mean the Fed's going, Fed's going to pause or pivot or whatever you want to call it. But I just don't think the pivot is coming. Powell was very clear uh, the, the peak rate is likely to be higher than even we thought before. He said it's very premature to talk about a pause. And the bond market is reflecting this. The two-year Treasury yield is at cycle high. So, you know, whatever the equity market thinks it's seeing in some of these reports, I just think we need to keep it simple. Uh, and I think Apple is indicative of that. You know, we, we've talked about it, but, you know, a decent earnings report, all things considered, uh, and not so great price action this week. So I think when that happens, you have to pay very close attention. And maybe the last thing I'll say is, you know, earnings have been somewhat of a bright spot, right? But it's really been companies' ability to raise prices that is helping revenues. And and I don't think that that can happen forever. You've had excess savings. You've had credit card spending. That's helping companies uh, pass on higher prices to their consumers. And I I just don't think that's going to go on over the long term. Eventually, uh, these companies are going to find that they can't pass on those higher prices. They're going to have to do things like cut headcount to try to protect margins. uh, And ultimately, I think that that's the next struggle for the market. 
And I, I look at Apple's move relative to the NASDAQ. So relative to the triple Qs, I mean, today was notable. I mean, NASDAQ rallied significantly and, and Apple was defensive. And, and back to this market structure dynamic, Apple should not be 7% of the S&P or at least where it was at its peak. And you've all heard these numbers. At one point, uh, at least at peak market cap to the nadir of the energy market cap, uh, I think the entire energy sector in public markets was, 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 was valued at about three quarters of the market cap of Apple. Doesn't make sense. And, and I think we're getting to this place where some of these distortions are just working themselves through. Some of this has nothing to do with Apple. Some of this has everything to do. Yes. And and I think we overshot on the way up. And I think this is part of why Apple's feeling some of the pain now. All right. Let's dive deeper into the move in yields. The two-year yield hitting a 15-year high earlier today, only falling back slightly to end the session. But the Chartmaster says we may have already hit our peak. Let's bring in Charter Worth of Worth Charting. Carter, what are you looking at? Uh, Well, yields. Uh, Before we look at it, I've just got one chart. The um, the, there's a lot of synchronized things going on, as we know, and it's it's dollar, it's yen, and it's yields. And here you see on the screen a, a chart, a two-year chart, yields having advanced from 70 basis points to a, a bit over four. But those lines, they're not sort of fixed or manipulated. Those are two parallel lines drawn mathematically by a computer, and yields in every instance when we got to the top or the bottom of that band have reacted. Now, As a rule of thumb, when you get to the top of a well-defined channel, more often than not, you either back away or walk along and continue higher. But very rarely do you just blow right through. And so we're at a difficult level. And I think ultimately rates will go lower just as we're seeing the dollar go lower. Does this give air cover to higher valuation stocks or the markets in general, Carter? Yes, I, I think it's the opposite. I, mean, I know that's consensus, and there's nothing wrong with consensus. Sometimes that's the point of it. It's consensus, and it works. But uh, lower yields, lower dollar, and I'm in the camp, not therefore concomitant move higher in stocks, but lower stocks as well. Because at this point, if yields, if I'm completely wrong and yields go higher and higher and higher, not good for stocks. Or the opposite, yields do start going lower, it means something is wrong, and that's not good for equities. All right, Carter, thank you. We'll see you in a few minutes on Options Action. It's a lose-lose situation, according to the Chartmaster guy. Uh, What's your take? Yeah, I think in the short term, if yields were to go lower, the knee-jerk is going to be equities higher until people figure out the reason why yields are going lower is because the economy is slowing down. So I think he is 100% right. I think the worst thing for the market here are yields continue to grind higher. I think the likely scenario, just my opinion, two years is going to stay sticky and 10-year might sort of fall out of bed here. And you might mm. see twos, tens extend out to anywhere between 75 basis points and 1% inversion, which I don't think is good under any set of circumstances. I mean, has 1% ever happened before? I'm not really sure. Jeff? Yeah, I don't think we've gotten that much inverted, but I, I tend to agree, and I, I've been way early on this, so I'm, I'm the first to admit that, but I do think that we're a lot closer to the top in long-term yields than maybe a lot of people think. And I went back and looked over the past eight recessions. The 10-year has peaked an average of five months prior to the recession. It peaked once after the recession, and that was in the mid-1970s. So if history is any guide, we are probably close to that peak in long-term yields. I agree with Guy. Given what I just said about the Fed, they have much more influence on the shorter end of the yield curve. So that continues to prop up that part of the the maturity structure. But ultimately, you're going to see these longer-term yields fall in sympathy sympathy with slower economic growth. Um, So, I mean, I think that just thinking about the bond market for a second, 
we're talking to clients about looking at those bond portfolios and saying, is now the time to look out further in the maturity structure, lock in those yields and reduce the risk structure of your portfolio while increasing uh, the income? It's just something you haven't been able to do for a very long time and, and now might be that time. So Carter just said it's consensus view that yields are going higher, and the consensus yeah. on this desk is that the 10-year yield's right. going lower, because <laughs> I am 100% in that camp. I think the 10-year yield tops out this year in 2022, and I, just, I, I do think that that is a great trade. I've been doing it through the GOVT. Guys have been talking about the TLT. I just think it's a really good contrarian trade, uh, depending upon how you're thinking about it. But I'll, I'll take the other side of it, I, and, oh, really? I, and I'll say I don't think we're going to five or six anytime soon, but I, I will say, uh, as I said yesterday, 2% inflation target is folly. No way. Um, and I also look at QT. I look at $400 billion that's already come off in terms of QT. We have a lot more to go. We have a lot more refunding that the Fed has to do. We have a lot fewer foreign central banks. They're not running for the door, but they're not buying the same amount of treasuries. I, I also just look at inflation that will remain sticky. And, and where we have been over four decades of, of secular deflationary trends that are not happening. Uh, onshoring is inflationary. When you start to do things in the energy sector, it's inflationary. When baby boomers uh, are bidding up the housing market, even despite more mortgage rates, that's inflationary. When healthcare costs go up, that's inflationary. That's the 10-year part of the curve. I, really quickly, though, I will say the stuff that I was doing this week that I think there is more to do, and it's not jumping with two feet, but but gold is rallying. And if, and if the dollar's starting to give some ground, gold has performed like such a pig, and it actually should be absolutely the environment if the dollar is giving ground. Buying EM. EM. EM is outperformed and we talked to China. We're blue in the face and we probably put a bottom in the China market by talking about China being uninvestable a few days ago. EM's outperformed the S&P by almost 9% this week. Um, so I was buying some EM, was buying even some casinos and even buying some Macau casinos because I think this China news this week, at some point they're going back to work. I don't know when it's going to be, but these things are trading at two-thirds uh, below their EBITDA levels. When you say gold has been trading like a pig, that's a negative, right? Right. Yes, just it is. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm, there are I'm some a, people who love a, pigs out there. I love so bacon. Just, uh, I, I love bacon. Yeah, I, I have to be belly. careful that I malign the pig. I'm sorry. Um, I realize it's coming up. We are not through with earnings season just yet. Disney Lyft, Dr. Horton, among the many names reporting next week. How should you play the stocks? And later on, options action, a shining trade for gold miners. Why the precious metal names are set up for strength. Tim, you'll like this one. Mm. How you should play them. More fast money right after this. Hello, I'm Laura Castleton, U.S. Head of Portfolio Construction and Strategy at Janus Henderson Investors. Is a brighter future possible? At Janus Henderson, we think it is. For 90 years, we've worked to help clients achieve superior financial outcomes and fulfill our purpose of investing in a brighter future together. We know that this means our thinking and our investments are helping to shape millions of brighter futures for the next 90 years and beyond. To learn more, go to JaniceHenderson.com. Wouldn't it be great to have all your investment and retirement accounts in one place? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, makes it easy. I use it to put my investment account and 401k accounts into one hub and get expert tips that help me confidently manage my money. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been the brand behind every great investor. Whether you're a seasoned investor or are looking for that extra guidance, Yahoo Finance gives you all the tools and data you need in one place. They're the number one finance destination, producing a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and so much more. Securely link your 
your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. A comprehensive perspective is what sets apart great investors, and it's how Yahoo Finance ensures you have the insight to look at your wealth in its entirety. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor. YahooFinance.com, the number one financial destination. YahooFinance.com, that's YahooFinance.com. Welcome back to Fast Money. The bulk of earnings season may be behind us, but there are still a load of names on the calendar for next week. 30 S&P 500 companies, including some top travel and retail names, all on deck. So let's play a little game of... Trade it or fade it! That's right. Trade it or fade fade it. America's favorite Fast Money game. Let's start off with next week's big one. That would be Disney reporting Tuesday after the bell. Dan, trade it or fade it? Yeah, I think you'd trade this one. And I think that the rule, again, is that, listen, if you're going into an event like this, we've seen a lot of stocks just get absolutely slammed if they're missing in any way, shape, or form. Investors are kind of shooting first, asking questions later. But if this thing were to go back towards those prior lows near 90, I think you'd probably add to that and you kind of build a position here. So to me, I'm more inclined of trading this thing in front of the earnings by with the idea that I would add to it on any disappointment. Guy, Mr. Toads or Hall of Presidents, quick. Oh, yeah, wow. well, listen, it's both. I mean, I'm going on Mr. Toads and I'm hanging out at the Hall of Presidents. I know, listen, typically I would say trade it because it's the D in my dawn, but since Mills was there <laughs> and left, you know, you know, wake in his path, I'm going to say faded on the back of the Mills family trip to Disney. <laughs> All right. Next up, Capri posting results before the bell on Tuesday, on Wednesday. Excuse me. Tim, what's your take here? Yeah, I'm going to fade this one. I, I just think that some of the consumer discretionary is, is running into fresh headwinds. I understand this is a sum of the parts story. That's what people tell me. Um, it's been defensive at times, although the, the, the net trend has been down. Uh, I don't want to chase any of this stuff, especially a company that really, until you had to add up the sum of the parts, was underperforming. Uh, Jeff Mills, Capri, trade it or fade it? Yeah, I certainly hear what Tim's saying, and obviously, given my view of the consumer and the economy in general, I'd keep this one on a relatively short leash. I'd look at $40. That's been a key level over the past number of years. But I do think there's some value, especially over the long term, at six to seven times earnings. Solid profitability here, and I think their ability to maintain at least some level of uh, pricing power, just given the fact they play in that luxury segment. They've been able to control costs well. So, again, I don't love retail, but if you want to play there, you want to look for a margin of safety and valuation, which I think this has, and pricing power, which I think this has. All right. Dr. Horton reports on Wednesday. Bright and early. Guy, trade it or fade it? I- I'm trading at Melms, and I'll say this, you know, the housing story is still a supply story, and if you think rates are going lower, which I just said seven minutes ago that I think they will, I think there's going to be some uh, tailwinds to the home builders' trade DHI. Tim? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go bah humbug to that and Scrooge it again. I, I just I look at volume growth next year being very tough. I think incentives have to rise. I understand that the valuation at this point is priced in a lot of pain, but the, the housing market fundamentals continue to deteriorate, and lack of supply is not the reason to go out and buy this one. So uh, I fade it. All right. And uh, last but not least, Roblox reports next week. Uh, Jeff, trade it or fade this one? So I'm going to fade it. I will say there's something to this business. I've talked about it before. My, my kids use it. All of their friends use it. So I do think it's an interesting long-term metaverse play. But 
I continue to believe that this market is going to penalize companies for lack of profitability, lack of free cash flow. And, and right now, that is Roblox. And if you look at EPS, even out to 2026, it's negative. Daily active users actually falling. Uh, the purchase of Robux, which is how they make a lot of their money. I've certainly purchased a lot of Robux for my kids. Um, that's, that's falling here. I think there's a hope that advertising is going to save that. But that's unproven at this point. So at eight times sales, I, I just think the stock underperforms for at least the next few quarters. Dan. Yeah, I agree with everything you just said, and I actually uh-huh. think there's probably a good chance that it gaps lower here. So, again, I'd fade the print, okay, but I think you do buy this thing after oh. the fact because I do think it's. He's playing a new game, Mel. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, I'm, I'm like, I, I don't know. I saw five stocks that were down more than 25% today. They all don't have earnings because they missed on results. And I think everything Jeff said is correct, but you got to start thinking about what is your list and why you want to do it. And I think Jeff's doing that too. I don't really think you have to be a hero in front of the print, so I trade it after the print. All right. Coming up, Chinese tech stock soaring since Monday, with the KWEB ETF putting in its second best week on record. And the rally is one of our traders making some moves in this space to tell you what he is doing next. You're watching Fast Money Live from the NASDAQ market site in Times Square. Back right after this. Welcome back to Fast Money Time for our chart of the week. It is KWEB up more than 8% today, almost 20% since Monday. The China Internet ETF rallying amid reports that the country is planning to ease its zero COVID policies. FXI, the China large cap ETF, also jumping 7.5% today. Um, You've been in FXI, so what'd you do today? I hadn't been in it in a long time, and when we thought that capitulation we saw was uh, two weeks ago uh, or so, I looked at the December expiration. It's a little OA, a little preview. I bought the December 22 calls when it's 21 and a half, and today it's about a double here, so I took those off. But I think Guy has had this call nailed here. Baba is one way to do it, so I think there's probably more room to the upside. This was just the first leg. What do you make of this? Well, I think the, the, the reversal on the K-Web is a function of way oversold conditions. If you uh-huh. think about what we went through over the last couple of weeks around not just the, the, the China lockdowns, but, but really some of the pressure, again, around BABA and Tencent. Uh, I think these have been great trading ranges. Dan's playing it as a trader. And, and I think you have to define your risk because we don't know what mother, what mother excuse me, China is going to do in terms of these tech companies. But, but certainly the, the less COVID zero, zero tolerance policy is something that's had all of emerging markets rallying because China is 40%. So um, I've been preferring to play it across the EEM. And in fact, I was doing it through levered, you know, an EDC, which is a levered three times emerging because I just think we got to such oversold dynamics Wait, that it was worth trading. Wait, there's a three times EM? Hold it's, your Breath it's three and times da- EEM. It's three times EEM. And, mm-hmm. and, and you Deep end of the pool da- here. dance by the door on these things. I hate three times as a holding vehicle, but as a trading vehicle, they can be very effective. Yeah. Uh, it's amazing what can light this group on fire. Uh, these are Internet <laughs> rumors that circulate around. And apparently uh, the Ministry of Health in China is supposed to be holding a news conference tomorrow on, on COVID and COVID policy. So who knows what Monday brings Jeff Mills. Um, but is this tempting to you in any way, just even as a trade? Well, you know, we have the, the Fed pivot. Now we have the COVID pivot relative to China. So I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens here. I think when something's as oversold as it was, to Tim's point, uh, it's very likely to see some of these major bounces. I went back and look. You've had five or six rallies over the last 12 months that are 20% or more. So right now you're coming off about a 50% sell-off. You're about, a 50, you're about 50% below the 200-day moving average. So I need to see more to think that this is anything more than a trade because I think certainly structurally uh, there are issues in China that need to be considered. If you were to trade this, what would you do, Guy? 
Would it involve a three-time levered ETF? <laughs> no, no, that, you know, th- Spicy. Listen, that's, that is the deep end of the pool, as you said. I mean, he that, is I'll the leave ambassador, that for Tim. so, yeah. He's the ambassador, O-U-R. No, listen, go back to October 24th. We said it on the show that night. That was your capitulation. Jeff's just said it. We've seen a number of peak, you know, trough to peak moves of 25 to 50% in these names. And I think we're on the cusp of another one right now based on that move on October 24th. All right. It is time now for the final trade on this Friday. Let's go around the horn. Jeff Mills. So we just got back from Disney. I think you got my little munchkins there up on the screen. We had a great time, and uh, the parks were packed. The restaurants were packed. The hotels were packed. Uh, I do like the increase in Disney Plus pricing. I think they're doing the right thing there. So we own it, and we will continue to own it. Guy Adami. (laughs) What Jeff didn't tell you, he's the mouse, (laughs) by the way. Look at Newmont Mining. Huge move today. Double bottom, NEM. Tim. Happy birthday. Hope the twins take you out for dinner tonight, Mel. And Melco, speaking of Mel, Melco, great numbers. If you're thinking about relative victories, that's what we got this week. I think you're pricing a lot of bad. Danny. Yeah, if you want to be contrarian and yield, I do it through the GOVT. And hey, happy birthday. Here, some Comos tequila. Beautiful bottle for you. I Enjoy get that. Happy birthday. Yeah. Perfect. Right. <laughs> Thanks for watching Fast. Don't go anywhere. Options action is up next. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager.